Hi, I'm Anna-Claire Harper, and you're listening to The Return, property and investment podcast, sharing insights and information on key topics from real estate technology to sustainability. Feel free to get in touch or follow recent news by connecting on LinkedIn, Anna-Claire Harper. Hi, and welcome to The Return, property and investment podcast. I'm Anna, and I'm privileged to be joined by Ed Mead, who is the co-founder of Viewbirth, which is a business that is shaking up the process of buying, selling, and letting residential property by providing flexible, basically on-demand viewings, open houses, and much more. So Ed has 37 years experience as an estate agent um, and is a fellow of the Royal Institute of Chartered Surveyors and pretty high profile industry figure and commentator. And I'm really excited to have him, you, join me today because I think what you're doing has the potential to improve the experience that so many people have with the property industry. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Hello, Anna. So I'm fascinated by what you're doing, which from what I know has the potential to help both investors and and end users at scale from all over the country. And it's probably a cliche to describe you as the Uber or to describe anyone as the Uber of anything, but it seems to be becoming the Uber of property viewings, opening up that access and making the process of finding a home or a tenant or a buyer easier, faster and cheaper. What is Viewber though, in your words, and how does it work? What sort of elevator pitch? Well, effectively, we give anyone who wants it access to, at the moment, it's over 7,000 registered vetted viewers all over the UK to do a viewing, an inspection, open house, take a photograph, anything they want them to do at a local level, uh, bookable online. So it's born out of the fact that when I was running a London estate agency, we found weekend viewings were a massive missed opportunity. You know, people employ weekend staff, but there's only one of them. You know, they can only do half a dozen viewings in a morning or whatever. So I recognised there was a hole for it, so we built it up. So that's what Viewber does. It enables people to do what they can't do at the moment, spread into new areas and cover markets they might not be able to before. Mm And you had a fairly traditional industry background just before we started recording. You were saying nothing had changed since 1979. So how did you come to start such an innovative business? Uh, Well, it's probably more interesting to look at how I started an estate agency, which is like most people, and it explains quite a lot about the industry. This is not meant to be rude to people in the industry, but very few people pick estate agency as a first profession. They will try something else. It doesn't work. So they think, oh, I'll go and be an estate agent. So I stayed an agency for a very, very long time, since 1979, as you say, and the business, I was always based in London. So I always saw what I think is probably the best of the industry. I'm not saying there aren't some great people outside London, but I think a lot of the best tended to migrate to London. So I was very much in the London bubble. But we found, I found that sorting out viewings and making the most of periods which were fallow to most estate agents, i.e. weekends, evenings, that sort of thing, bank holidays, holidays, were just not being used at all. So for me, I'd had a fantastic time in the business. I mean, if you think about the time from 1979, which I think is no coincidence, was when Maggie became leader of the Conservative Party right the way through to about 2013-14. It was a fantastic time to be an estate agent in London, so I had a great time. But really that period from sort of 2013-14, when rather weirdly the Conservative Party decided to launch an attack on stamp duty, the London market just stagnated and became less interesting. And also the players within it were being bought up by the big corporate companies. It was all about the money, the service bit of it was sort of disappearing. And at the same time, I came up with the idea for Viber with my wife. You know, the business was getting slower. So it wasn't a difficult decision for me to jump into something which I thought I was prepared to take a risk at. I mean, I still own a chunk of Douglas and Gordon. I'm still a non-exec there. I think it's a fantastic business, but it wasn't exciting me anymore. Mm. And 
it seems what you've done is like you said thinking about the service thinking about the consumer a little bit more than the traditional model does because whether you're looking at lettings or estate agency it always feels whether you're the consumer or whether you're the investor or homeowner it always feels like incentives are misaligned and there's something out of balance so I guess by facilitating a way to deliver what people actually want it's very much more of a consumer focused approach than traditional estate agency. Well, it is. The problem is, as we were just describing off air, the only company that's really successfully changed consumer views about the way they can buy or sell property has been Purple Bricks. And that's because they've spent £4 million a month on advertising on TV. So the public now now knows they have a choice. I'm not saying it's the right or the wrong choice, but clearly with 21,000 listings and probably the biggest estate agent by listing numbers in the UK, they've clearly been doing something right. The problem with most people who want to alter the consumer journey is that they don't have that budget, so they can't let consumers know out there that there is a a different way of doing things. I would love to spend £4 million a month telling the public that they can get in and see a property whenever they want, because then when they ring their estate agent and say, I want to get in and see that property on Sunday, and they say, sorry, we're not open, and every single person says to them, why, I saw Viewer on TV, why using Viewer, they'd start using Viewer. So most businesses that could change the consumer journey for the better are forced to market to estate agents. And it's no coincidence that actually Viewer's fastest growing area at the moment is private landlords and investors, because once they get a taste of it, they think, well, hang on a minute, this is, this is just what we need. Yeah. But a lot of estate agents have been very, very slow to change. Now, I'm not necessarily saying, Anna, that's a bad thing. I mean, for estate agents, The main objective they want to do these days, whether you like it or not, is to be able to sell alternative services to a buyer. This is where the misalignment you were talking about very much comes from. It's no coincidence that in the 2018 set of figures, Countrywide said that for every pound they earn in estate agency, they earn 43p in referral fees. So it's a very big market. You know, they want to give you as little information as possible about the property you're going to see. So you have to pick up the phone. That's when they can then start selling you services and they can meet you at the property and start selling you services. So there's been a natural resistance with Vuba for estate agents to change that MO. But as it becomes clearer that you can get information about your potential buyer from Google, the telephone, email, whatever, it's becoming less and less a part of the resistance. So that is changing. That's fascinating. There's been a huge amount of change in your part of the market. So really, it's small consumers, buyers, as you say, investors, landlords, but they're not huge. They don't have corporate budgets either. There's been a huge amount of change for them, political, economic, social, technological and legal over the recent years, like you said. Can you talk me through what's really, really happening in estate agency at the moment? What's really happening in estate agencies is you've got more and more people competing for a smaller and smaller slice of the pie. So the difficulty for them is that fees aren't going up. Indeed, they're coming down. So the only way in which estate agents can really survive is by taking out cost, which is why they're perhaps being forced to look at some of the technological changes. I mean, you mentioned lettings in there. Lettings and sales are two very different businesses. Mm. Lettings agents don't like being described as estate agents, and estate agents don't understand about lettings. They're two very different things. Now, lettings moves at a much quicker pace. It's ripe for streamlining, you know, tech, compliance, all this sort of stuff all plays into the same sort of bucket. So the lettings industry is changing. And indeed, from a viewer perspective, some of the biggest growth areas we have alongside let- landlords and investors are lettings agents or the 
the way they manage properties, being able to manage a big portfolio at a distance, for instance. That's an effective way of uh, reducing costs. The, you know, the cheaper you can do that, the better. Uh, and Vuba's been very much a part of that. But for estate agents mainly, the objective has been looking at, do we really need so many offices? Do we really need so many staff? I mean, it's no coincidence, again, that Vuba has enabled some estate agents to perhaps go down from quite as many staff as they were to a fewer number of staff who complete the tasks that you would imagine need doing, like chasing sales, chasing new listings, making sure clients are kept happy, not spending five or six hours a day on the road unnecessarily doing viewings, which is unfortunately the bit estate agents love. Getting in the car, have a fag, cup of coffee, call the girlfriend on your way, nice drive out in the country. That's what the agents love, but it's by far and away the least cost effective. So estate agents are having to look at headcount. And very obviously, one of the main things is looking at reducing the number of offices. Companies like Humberts have recently completely changed the model, the way they work with centralized hubs providing a concierge style service, and then people going out to service clients from these hubs. And I very much think the future is probably some sort of a hybrid between something like what Purple Bricks has, uh, although they're evolving as we speak. You know, they recognize that what they've been doing hasn't perhaps been hitting the mark completely. They've been managing a lot of reviews and negativity and that sort of thing. And estate agents recognize that the public wants a different way of doing things. We talked briefly off air, and I don't mean to impugn estate agents, but estate agents aren't popular. And, and there's <laughs> Undeniably. A re- and, and, and there is a reason for that, you know, which is that the public doesn't like the way they're forced to deal with things at the moment. Yeah. You know, for me, when my kids who are 25 at the moment, when they come old enough to buy a property, they're not going to want to engage with estate agents in the way that the system allows them to Mm. at the moment. So agents have to evolve. So they have to evolve and Vuba helps that by, like I said, basically providing (laughs) the car for the journey as Uber would. But But on demand without the the necessary capital payment, yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. And how do you see the role of estate agents? I mean, I suppose you've kind of answered it really, but estate agents changing going forward. So obviously their cost base is going to have to go down to deal with the changing, challenging market, slower speed of sales, less revenue, less easy revenue, more competition. Well, the slower speed of sales is a whole different argument because it's completely inexcusable that it takes longer to buy a property now than it did when I started in 1979. What's all that about? You would have thought it would be a very obviously speeded up process, but it's not. But if we look at the industry itself... I actually meant speed of agreeing sales because, I, I mean, I suppose we're not in a politically stable environment and that doesn't encourage people to want to buy property. No, but you've sort of answered the question there to some extent yourself, which is that, well, actually, you've answered that for people in the sort of London and the southeast who often at the upper end of the market can afford to be a bit discretionary about what they're doing. Mm. You know, for the vast majority of people, they don't have that luxury. They move because they have to, you know, jobs, kids needing a bigger place or whatever. And I don't think they care how it works, so long as it's, you know, like anybody, whenever they buy something, they want it Amazonized. They want it cheap and easily deliverable, unfortunately. The letting side of the business is, again, rather easier to divine going forward because 50% of estate agents or 50% of landlords already don't use an agent. And in an environment in the post-Section 24 era when their tax bills are going up and up and up, it's fairly clear that a lot more landlords will be seeking to do things privately. They'll be looking to use a menu-based service and they'll be looking to automate as much as possible. It's no coincidence that OpenRent is a very successful company and they're just a DIY platform, basically. So more and more people are going to be chasing an increase in yield by abandoning state agents. So that bit of the market, I think, is going to increase. 
the very top end of the market will continue as it is because there are plenty of wealthy people who don't want to get involved with the day-to-day drudgery. Whether fees will go up or down in that sector of the market is difficult to say. So the lettings market, I think, is a more, you can more palpably see what's happening. With the sales side of the business, it's going to be demand-driven. And as I said, the average age of a first-time buyer at the moment is late 30s. So they're still the kind of people who are vaguely used to the way things used to be. So they're sort of happy-ish with the current status quo. But the next generation, as I said, people like my kids, no way are they going to be happy with the status quo. So unless estate agents adapt and provide something which answers the demands of the sort of early millennial sort of Amazon type generation, they're not going to succeed. Mm, Completely agree. Um, So... Is there anything that I should have asked you about Viewer that I haven't, about your value proposition and about how you work? I'm kind of interested in how big it is now, how big it's going to be. Where well, it's the addressable market for Viewer is huge. I mean, mm. you know, we think there are, well, we know there are 50 million plus viewings every year in the UK. And, I, and we think that's just on the sort of sales and lettings market. Mm-hmm. If you think about management inspections, the whole business that goes alongside property management as well, then you've got the commercial industry. Yeah. Sorry, just on the management piece then, to what extent, I mean, what kind of stuff are you doing there? Or what kind of stuff can you do? Well, an awful lot of property managers, rather like auction companies, they deal with huge geographical spreads from a centralized hub. Mm. And those people really struggle For instance, if you're managing some people who manage properties, they have to be visited once a week, once a fortnight. Well, if you're based in London and the property's in Hull, it's a real issue to get somebody to go there to look at it, or you have to pay a local estate agent to go and do it. If you can have someone local just pop by, check it's not being occupied, take a picture and send it through for 25, 30 quid, that's revolutionary for most property managers. So that's an obvious area of change. Things we didn't expect, you know, meeting contractors, fitting key saves, part of our MO has to be fitting key safes. So, and the changing and evolving nature of key safes. I mean, everybody has, well, not everybody, an awful lot more people than you know have key safes. I have no idea whether you have one, I have one yeah, in London, yeah, one in the country. Most people have key safes. I do, and all the properties that I'm involved with do. Yeah. And- I mean, it just makes perfect sense. So, educating people about fitting key safes, you know, we can fit a key safe anywhere in the UK with 48 hours notice for 65 quid, including the cost of the key safe. Mm. So, from that perspective, that that's changing the way a lot of people manage their properties. Other way, other things we didn't expect, a lot of staff have been having real issues at some of these management companies with having to run around and do lots and lots of extra work. And it was making them very unhappy. By using Vuber, they can manage their time and their work-life balance much, much better. We didn't expect that to be quite as successful as it has been. I mean, this is an area of growth, obviously. I mean, you know, we're currently doing around 5,000 of these appointments a month. So that's not a huge amount, but it's enough to move us to a position where we are sort of cash flow positive. We're not having to sort of raise more money. So from our perspective, it's a question of moving to the next level. And we're beginning to get some major league property managers coming to us saying, look, Yep, we want you for everything, taking pictures of the properties. It's just basic stuff that anybody, any, what's the right word, any competent local person who we vetted, put on a database, they can be used at the click of a button. Why wouldn't you want to do that? It makes life so much simpler. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I guess it's particularly stark when you're involved with lots of viewings. Like you said in the lettings, it's very fast paced, especially in London. Stuff comes on and goes away in the first viewing. And The same goes elsewhere in the country if the properties are priced right. So you need to be quick off the mark, even though I would say it's still like it's not a confident market. And the same in sales, right? There's so much to be said for actually giving people what they need. 
Because the majority of people, this is a really stressful time in their life. Well, they want things when they want them. And uh, they don't like it when they meet resistance. I mean, we did a survey last year of 250. It's not a huge sample, but it was enough to be very, very clear of people who'd recently bought. And 97%, so almost all of them, said it would make such a difference to us if we could have got in to see something at the weekends. It would have made a huge difference. Another 80% felt that they'd missed an opportunity in the buying market because they couldn't get in and see it when they wanted to. These are really obvious red flags to estate agents. Some are beginning to change their views, but the majority still uphold the traditional way of doing things. And I think that has to change if they're going to make money. I mean, one or two of the other things, Anna, that we found, which we didn't expect. Yeah. There's a sort of phrase being used these days, platform as a service. And we did not expect to be approached by people, for instance, some surveying groups. Now, people these days, if they want to book a surveyor, it's an esoteric process. You sort of have to go on, you know, Google, type out a local surveyor, ring a load of them. So what we've been talking to a group of surveyors about is that they're a national-based group. They can put themselves on using the Viewer platform. They can put, make themselves available for two or three fixed price services, you know, home buyer plus reports. Someone can go and type in as they do at the moment with us. They can make a request for a survey. It goes to the nearest sort of six surveyors in that area. They then bid for the work. They say, yep, we'll do that work. It's paid for immediately by the punter who wants it. It's delivered online, doesn't involve any people in the process. So it delivers a service from the consumer to a local surveyor more or less instantly, without the need for... So that's just the platform, forget the people. We've been approached by insurance companies who are saying, can we use your service to go and do first views when they get a claim? You imagine you make your claim and someone rings up and says, can we just send somebody around to, you know, to come and have a look at the property straight away or the car or the caravan or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. If it's a fraudulent claim, they're going to say, oh, actually, don't worry about it because they didn't expect somebody to come around yeah. straight away. And for 30 quid the insurance company or the broker has got an immediate way to triage that claim. They know exactly what to do with it. So there are certain things that are happening that we didn't expect that are being driven by a new demand from people, whether it's industry or whether it's clients or whether it's you know individuals. So it really is, I think the potential is absolutely huge. Yeah. We just don't know how far it'll go yet. We have to take one step at a time. Yeah. Is there anything else that you've learned through this process that you weren't expecting to uh, both in this business and also I know you're involved with other innovative property businesses. What have you learned about the sector that you wouldn't have known had you not taken Well, I, you're, you're right. I've learned a lot. Not all of it terribly edifying, I have to say. <laughs> I mean, you know, having existed in the London bubble for quite a long time, it was, you know, to see how businesses are run outside, you know, all over the country where really the consumer isn't put first. It's about making profits, which you sort of understand. But this is such a life changing. You know, people move two or three times in their life, maybe three or four times, whatever it is. They don't know how it works. So they're completely at the mercy of people who have no bar to entry, who have no vested interest in really changing it because they're happy with the margins they've been making. It's a fantastic business. I've really enjoyed being in it. So having discovered that the industry really isn't an industry that puts the, you know, the punter first, they're really putting themselves first. You can yeah. understand that. It would be fine if it wasn't such a major league part of people's life, you know, such a major influence on their lives. So that's one thing. I suppose if I was to say one thing, I didn't expect it to be quite this much work. <laughs> I don't know mm, why I mistakenly, you know, I thought it I, I thought it would be start it running and then it would sort of keep going. So we built the business up off the, off the back of my PR profile. But then, of course, PR opens the door, but you've got to keep the marketing going. So it's a really 
it's quite hard work, but it's much more rewarding than I ever thought it would be. And then a lot of the people I've met in the industry, or not in the industry, but in the sort of startup and the you know the tech arena, I don't understand half of what they're saying because I'm twice a lot of their age. But what it's been very encouraging is to recognize the way people look at me. I know some people might find this difficult, but I'm not great at blowing my own trumpet. I do a lot of PR stuff, but I don't shout about what I do. And PR, as my wife's always said, is very, very difficult to get right. My wife is in PR, and that's how I met her. And there are very, very few people who get it. Most people, when you shove a camera in front of them or a microphone, they just go all wooden and they parrot responses or whatever. And it's very, very difficult to get it right. So it's encouraging to understand that a lot of people have been watching what I do over the years and really given me a lot of credit for it. It's quite fun. So that's been interesting for me to find out. And then I've also got a lot more educated. Yeah. Got a lot more educated. Around the industry or around technology? Both. Yeah. Both. I actually know what some words mean now, which I didn't know before. But luckily, <laughs> I've got a business partner, Marcus, who's who's very, very good at all that sort of stuff. He, he gets at navigating technical. the tech piece. Well, he's, he's very good at navigating the tech piece. He's done several businesses before. He's, he's my age, but he's, you know, this guy was a, he flew Harriers and Jaguars in the Air Force. He's got a very different mindset to most people. So he understands the way things work. But more importantly, more importantly, he understands the corporate finance world as well. Hmm. Very good. If listeners want to find out more about Viewber, they want to use it. So firstly, it would be for viewings, it would be for letting viewings. Tell me all the, all the possible use cases that they could reach out to you right now. Well, there's really anything you could do with a competent local person that you might want to do with your property. So inventories, photographs, a lot of auction companies use us for, you know, they will send somebody out, you know, our viewer will do a couple of pictures for the catalogue, they'll do the three open houses, you know, for the viewings before the auction, and that's it. That's incredibly easy. So as you say, viewings, you can book a viewer all day, 65 quid for three hours, for instance, on a Saturday afternoon, they can just go and do a tour. Midterm inspections, go in and take a couple of pictures, various different levels of reports. If you're an investor, you're living in London, you're offered something which you think looks good in Sheffield, is it really what the agent says it is? Mm. Send someone around for 30 quid, they can go and check it out. Is it really actually quiet at night? You know, what are the neighbours like? What is the location like, et cetera, et cetera? So you can do that. I think that is really powerful, especially with the possibility of just taking a video. And Yeah, well, that's all part of it. Depends on the level of report you want. We have everything sort of bronze, silver, gold, you know. You can, I mean, effectively, website is like a pitch deck. So anything you want to know, you can just go and see it on the website. You'll be able to see it very, very clearly there. But it's been developed over time. Like most startups, when we started up, most people said, oh, can you do this, that, whatever? We said, yes, yes, yes. And then we suddenly realized we have to keep things very simple. Mm. So we've developed around a kernel, which was the inspections and the viewings. We've now just slowly evolved into doing other things. And there'll be plenty more to come over time. Very good. And so what is the website for people who want to? Uh, Viewber, V-I-E-W-B-E-R, just viewber.co.uk. And if they want to follow you, uh, what's the best place? Uh, Ed underscore Mead on Twitter. Um, I don't do anything else. Cool. Thank you so much for joining me. And thank you for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Return. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review as this really helps other people to find the podcast.